Hello, Free Credit Repair Advice Group. So happy to be here with your guest, uh, Tim Johnson. We're going to be talking about the right way to real estate program. So if you guys are looking to buy a home, if that's your goal, we are working to build a network of professionals who can actually help you. So what we do is we start out by pairing you with the best uh, real estate team in your area to not only find that great home that you're looking for, but then we pair you up with the best lending. So you can not only find the great home, but you also get the best deal on that dream home. And Tim is going to be be one of our many agents in the right way to real estate program. Welcome, Tim. How's it going? Doing great. This is the second time we did this. <laughs> we're officially live now. <laughs> it looks like we're officially live, so this is good. Um, so go ahead and uh, what did I ask? The first thing I asked was, what was it? What was the thing that surprised you the most in real estate? Yeah, um, I think the thing that surprised me the most is, you know, I didn't really have, you know, I don't have a background in sales. So sometimes you'll see real estate agents who have a background in sales. And, um, you know, I'm sure if you've went through the process of trying to buy a house or trying to find an agent to work with, um, you've maybe even come across some of those more sales pushy kind of, kind of agents. Um, I think the biggest thing that surprised me getting into real estate was realizing that I could bring my my authentic self into the process and not feel like I have to sell a house. Right. I hope, I hope nobody can talk you into buying a house. I hope that's a big enough purchase to where nobody can convince you um, and, and, you know, convince you to buy the specific house right on the spot. Uh, maybe like a car is, you know, it's a, it's a bigger purchase than that. And so um, kind of what surprised me the most was being able to just be authentic and say, Hey, like my job isn't to, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I, I work. I work, and I have a business that works in sales. Um, and my job really is to to help educate you as my client, so that you can feel the most comfortable that you possibly can. Um, so basically, what that looks like is is me taking the time to serve you. So there's three things that I kind of live by. Live by. Um, and they've kind of flown right into my career in real estate. It's it's serving people. It's educating, and it's adding value. So um, you know, for me being able to be authentic, um, not that that surprised me, I guess, but I guess that, that it's, um, found to be successful and, in, in, in helping people and people genuinely connect with that. So. Dude, that's awesome. That's awesome. I like that. Definitely like that. So tips, tricks, uh, I guess, where would they get started? You know, what's the best way to go about purchasing a home? Maybe some of the steps, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So a recent statistic and forgive me for not knowing exactly where it came from, but I did see it in the last few days um, that it was over definitely over 50 and it was close to 60% of home buyers are finding homes online. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've, you've heard of uh, you've heard of websites like Trulia, Zillow and things like that. And in my team with Realty One and the Hamblin team in specific, you know, we're, we're premier agents on Zillow. So what that means is, when you're browsing, kind of cruising through, looking at houses, and you find one that you like, um, basically you'll put in your information and say, hey, like I'd like to know more about this house, or maybe you'd like to take a look at it. And you'll get live connected to me on the other end. Um, and so I'll be there kind of answering your questions and um, just help guide you through the process. And so where a lot of people get stuck is they're out shopping on Zillow, right? And they, they're like, oh man, I'm ready to go like buy a house. Like I'm we're rolling. Like I've been looking for months. I finally found the one Now I'm going to call up an agent and we're going to get going. And, and that's kind of, it's skipping a few steps in the process. Um, and kind of what I tell all my buyers is there's three steps to the home buying process. 
And the very first step you got to go through, and it starts with our financials. It's, it's you got to start a conversation with a lender. And so whether you have a personal relationship with a lender that you trust, whether it's a bank, whether it's a, a loan officer, whatever it might be, um, that's kind of the first step. And so once you start that conversation and you start to um, unravel a little bit more about your financial situation, they can go ahead and say, okay, well, let's sit down. I'll pull your, you know, I'll run your credit history and things like that. And, you know, then we can drop a pre-qualification form to see how much you can qualify for, right? Because if you're searching on Zillow and you're looking at $500,000 homes, but you're only able to afford, you know, 300,000 or 250 or whatever that might be, um, it kind of sets us back in the process because then your vision is stuck on, you know, what a $500,000 home looks like. And you kind of have to readjust. There's a big difference between a $500,000 home and a $250,000 home. So um, that first step starts with talking, speaking with your lender and just kind of starting a dialogue and really the process that, you know, if your credit's decent and things, things are pretty smooth and you have work, good work history, solid income coming in, uh, regularly, the pre-qualification can come in really quick. Um, it doesn't take long. It's like a 10 minute phone call, but, um, other than that, the lender can help give you steps to like raise that credit and things like that. Um, so the next, you know, step number two is the, the pre-qualification. So, You've, you've started that talk with the lender. You're finally, you know, getting your, you're working on the financial side and then they get you a pre-qualification. So now you know how much that you can, you know, how much they'll lend to you, how much you can afford for a house. Um, from there, we can go look at homes and let's go find your dream home, right? It's like, we're, we're full speed ahead. We're ready to roll. We're going to get you in your dream home. We're going to find it quick because right now in Phoenix, like the market's hot, right? So Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen, you know, within, after that pre-qualification, that's the fun part, right? That's the side that I work with and I work on. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the the three steps that I kind of explain. And that's where a lot of buyers kind of get held up is they want to go straight to the home, home process. And, you know, the, I just don't want you to get caught in a situation where, you know, I show you a home and you say, this is it. This is the one, this is like, I don't want anything else, but this, this is my dream home. And we're not pre-qualified yet. I can't even write an offer for you. You know, it's it's like it it puts you in a bad situation, and then you're all bummed out. And then we got to kind of start <laughs> from square one and go back to step one. So, um, yeah, that's just kind of the three the three steps, and that's kind of what the, I see uh, most home buyers maybe like skipping those steps first. And you know, it's not daunting. It's not as yeah. It's it's scary if you're on the outside of it. And I even remember when my wife got pre-qualified. And it was while I was an agent, right? So I'm, you know, I'm fairly young and we're working on getting our first house and it was still kind of scary to me. I'll be honest, like, you know, and then I go through the process and it's like, oh, like that's not that scary. Like, you know, they're, I'm talking to someone and they're, everyone's out there to help you out, you know? So there's nothing really to be scared of in that process. That's awesome, man. Good information. And actually I had a question from the watch party from Mel. Uh, started a watch party here and she asked, how early should I start looking for a home? Or how early should I reach out to you before I start looking for a home? Is there a time frame that you, you know, how long does it take to find a home? I think that might be what she's asking. Maybe clarify Mel, but she's kind of asking how early should I reach out to you when I'm ready to find look for a home or whatnot? Yeah, and that, that kind of varies person to person. You know, there's some people who will reach out and we take the process of a full year to kind of get everything settled. And maybe it kind of depends on, you know, your own personality. Are you more picky or are you just like, first home I see, I'm buying, you know, (laughs) Um, it kind of depends on that. So, you know, usually the process takes a fair amount of time from the time that we put in a contract, it takes, you know, roughly a month to even close on a home. So, you know, I work with buyers and we're, you know, we're, we're in the process of like, okay, 
it's three, maybe six months out before we're going, but we'd like to at least initiate the conversation um, because if things, you know, happen to move faster or you're in a position where a home pops up and we're already pre-qualified, you know, it's good to kind of be ready for those situations. And so um, just kind of being ready for the market to right now, it's pretty hot. So homes go pretty quick. Um, it kind of just depends on, yeah, kind of depends on your situation, I guess, is the easiest way to answer that. That Thanks. makes sense. Do you have to get out quick? Do you have some time? You know, yeah. What are you looking for? Right. Absolutely. Um, and on average, let's see here. I just lost it. Oh, there we go. Um, let's see. Where was it? Jackie, she asked, uh, on average, how long does it take from when you find the home and submit the offer? How long on average does it take to get into that home? Yeah, on average, it's about a month, right? Because right after we submit that offer, we've got a 10-day inspection period. And then there's a few other things that happen in between there. Um, so all said and done, um, if everything goes smoothly, it's it's right around 30 days, 30, 40 days. Yeah, kind of. And we have some leeway to, to, to negotiate that time. We can make it quicker. It kind of depends on how we want to drop that offer. So um, I know in some cases, it makes sense to go quicker. In some cases, it makes sense to go a little a little slower. Um, a situation that can change that is if you already currently own a home and you're looking to use the proceeds of that to buy another home, you know, a lot of things can happen where we submit an offer and the seller accepts, um, and you're just waiting. It's kind of contingent. It's contingent on like when your home sells. So that can kind of slow the process down too. If like, you know, your home doesn't sell for another three months, maybe we're under contract. It kind of depends on the situation there. So awesome. Thanks Good for the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Some good stuff coming in here. Uh, I want to thank Kenitra. If I said that right, she gave us a like. So awesome. Hey. <laughs> hey. And for those on here, uh, if you're watching, ask your questions that you have of Tim and myself. Uh, once again, we're kind of going through the right way to real estate program, answering and asking questions about getting into a home and the real estate agent or realtor side of that whole process. And we'll be going over some of the uh, financial sides of that well as well, talking about credit, diving into that a bit deeper. But feel free to ask any questions if you have. Also, if you're watching this on a replay or on another medium, uh, definitely ask the questions there. We'd monitor all of the, where this video will be sent to. So feel free to reach out to us with questions that you have. Um, let's see here. There was another question here in the watch party. These watch parties are amazing. Carly asked, let's see, she said, oh, okay, I read it backwards. Let's see, I read it right. There we go, she fixed it. So <laughs> she, <laughs> she was wondering how many states do you go to? Do I go to? Yeah, so I think she's kind of thinking, you know, like back east where my parents are at and my brother and sister stuff like their brothers are at, um, you know, you got a lot of states that are right there neighboring each other. Um, so he's out of Arizona. So that might yeah. help with you personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I guess you're gonna say one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one, I, I currently live and I'm just licensed in Arizona. Yeah. So, but right. anywhere, anywhere in Arizona, I can work. And then she actually followed it up uh, and actually almost had a jinx on this question. Uh, Jessica asked the same thing as well. Um, is, do you have, does your company have more than one branch? Is Realty One in multiple states or is it just in Arizona? Yeah, yeah, we do. And I work specifically for the Hamblin team. So um, that's specifically in Peoria, Arizona. Um, it's pretty close here, let me check. I'm gonna check on all the locations that Realty One is. Nice. Very cool. 
just want to give a shout out. Hello, Elderico. Thanks for joining. Um, and then let's see, we got Jeff York in here. Quite a few people are out and about today. Uh, let's see. Michael asked, uh, how much of a down payment should they have? Yeah, that's a great question. And I'll come back to like where our locations are. But uh, man, I got so many tabs open. I got to find the one there. I can see. It right there. <laughs> okay. Um, how much for a down payment? Yeah, that's a great question. I answered this in one of my uh, previous videos that I posted on on my personal uh, on my business page for Facebook. Um, I kind of go over two. I I state three facts, and two of them are lie. Two of them are truths, and one of them is a lie. So, um, I I talked about this previously, but yeah, a lot of people think that um, the first thing they think is is that I got have I got to have twenty percent down, right? So twenty percent, like that's a big number. You, you think of a $200,000 home now in a, here in Arizona in the Phoenix market, $200,000 home is kind of at the, on the lower side. It can vary state to state. I know that can be right in the middle or the high side for some states, but um, 200,000, um, you know, 20% of that is 40,000. So that's, <laughs> that's a lot of money, right? So, but uh, that's usually the minimum for like, if you're getting like an investment loan. Um, so, you know, I, I know that you can go as low as 3% with a conventional loan. I know that you can go with like three and a half percent with an FHA loan. Um, it depends on the loan that you qualify for and that the house qualifies for that you're going to uh, plan on going. And, and that's definitely something to be able to talk more about with your, with your lender. But um, I've seen, yeah, there's, there's grants out there that allow you to, you know, they'll grant you the money. It, it raises the interest a little bit of your loan, but they'll grant you the money for the down payment. So some people really aren't even hardly paying out of pocket for their homes. Um, so it, it makes it a lot easier for a lot of people to be able to afford. And, and the the further I get into the industry, the more I understand that. And it was like, oh, wow, it's a whole lot easier than I thought to you know get into home ownership. And, and then I originally thought when I, before I had become a realtor, I was kind of in the dark like everybody else. I was like, oh, I got to have like 20% down. That's a lot of money to save <laughs> Where's up. Where's that coming from? Yeah. Love you, mom. Yeah, hopefully I win the lottery. <laughs> right. Ashley, uh, Ashley uh, let's see here if I can read. Uh, Ashley Rickards asked, does it hurt or matter if you use a grant for a down payment um, and closing cost? So I guess I'd probably ask for clarification on that. What do you mean by hurt? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask for a bit of clarification. So Ashley, maybe clarify, does it hurt or matter? I'm guessing um, if you use a grant down payment. Yeah. Uh, in what way, I guess, do you, what, are you asking that? Is it going to hurt your credit? Is it going to hurt the process? Um, will you get approved or not? So there's kind of, a, yeah, <laughs> let me know what you're thinking there. And then uh, Kenitra, she says, my sister had an FHA loan and she had a difficult time. Why is that? Interesting. That okay. I, I think I know what you're, what you're getting out with the FHA loan. Go so again, I'm, you know, I'm not, a uh, mortgage expert or anything, but uh, with the FHA loan, there's certain standards that they that they require. So, you when you use an FHA loan, they have specific standards that the house has to meet. Now, there's a lot of different standards. I, I don't know all of, all of them off the top of my head. You know, I'm still a fairly new agent, but um, I know that you can't buy like a, a a complete like gutted house, right? Like it has to be to some certain livable standards with an FHA loan. So. Um, that's probably, I assume that's what you're kind of hinting at with the difficult process is maybe some of the homes that she was interested in buying were a little bit more like fixer upper. Um, and, and so you can run into some issues with an FHA loan in, in that case. 
That makes sense. That does make sense. So what I've heard too, um, and Tim, you might know a little bit about this, when you have an FHA loan against a conventional loan, um, because of the standards they want on the FHA loan when it comes to the uh, inspections, things like that, um, sometimes they'll take or they'll take the conventional just because they know it's going to close easier. So you could have somebody even uh, offering more money on that home with FHA, and sometimes they'll walk away from that and take the conventional loan just because the closing process is going to be easier. So yeah. Uh, I think you hit their nail right on the head there. Um, let me see here. Kenitra also asked, uh, this is probably for you, this is for you, Tim. Uh, what made you get into real estate? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, it started for me. So I guess I'll get you, I'll give you a little background of me, I guess, uh, with this question. So I grew up in Oregon. Um, I was always involved in athletics and I went off to, and that's how I ended up here in Phoenix. Actually, I came to college and I, I ran track and field at Grand Canyon University. And so I, I graduated college and with a, with a degree in psychology. So if any of you guys have a degree in psychology, uh, you know that it can be difficult to find a lasting career unless you want to go to like, you know, um, master's, get your master's and stuff and, you know, PhD or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, that wasn't necessarily the route that I wanted to take. So, um, you know, I found a lot of similarities between real estate and my athletic background. Um, in, the, in the way that, you know, I can approach it. Um, it. So I guess the thing that really sparked my interest in in real estate was the year after college, I, I began to kind of get hit with real life a little bit. Um, and so you live in a little bit of a guarded, protected world when you're going to school, growing up and go to college. And and so I get hit by real life, you know, um, a little bit my first year out of college. And, and I realized... Um, there are ways to get a lot of money fast and there are ways to build wealth. And I, I noticed a trend in all the things that I saw were no matter if somebody started a, a really big company and we'll touch on this a little bit later in, in this video, but no matter if somebody starts a big company and makes a lot of money doing that, or, you know, someone just gets into real estate investing in specific, a lot of times their money ends up funneling into real estate. Real estate's a really good asset for building wealth. And there's a difference between wealth and being rich. And so um, it kind of sparked my interest. And I, I kind of got interested in investing in real estate a lot. And so I read a lot of books, a lot of podcasts, um, and just kind of spent that full year out of college educating myself on real estate. And it you know, and for me, I've had, I've had many passions come and go in my life. <laughs> so, you know, things come and go. I know that like, you know, I might be interested in something and it burns out. Well, real estate kind of just stuck around for me and, and I just kept diving deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and so the more I, my, I looked into it, um, that in, you know, the process of becoming a real estate agent seemed more realistic to me. And so, um, I thought it'd be something that I'd really be interested in. I'm already interested in helping people. Um, you know, I, I, and coach. Um, I do lots of things and I, and I love educating people. I love helping people through the process of things, whether it be like athletics or real estate. Um, so that's kind of what drove me to, to become a real estate agent was my background in athletics. And then really, I just started to develop a passion for real estate and helping people and um, hopefully helping people kind of on the right track and towards building wealth as well so through home, home ownership. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's killer. Uh, great response. Let's see. Culture Pedra in the watch party asked, what are the higher credits? What, let's see. What the, 
<laughs> what's the higher credit score to buy a house in order to have a low down payment and a good APR? So I think you're basically saying what credit score. Um, do you want to take that on from what you've heard from lenders or I can take it? That might be a great question for you. You're pretty experienced. Ooh, there we go. We'll go on the financial wellness side of things. So great question. Now it's, you have a couple different things. You have your score and you've got your profile, right? You can get in with a score at a 580. If all the stars align, the heavens open and God shines his light down and says, you are blessed, my son. Um, <laughs> but also, you know, you want to wait. Um, I say get to 700, 730 in that range as high as possible. You know, that's really any lending. I say get as high as possible. Um, the higher the score, the better the terms. You know, in the APR, as in the interest, you're going to see maybe a percent difference, um, maybe a couple percent at the most. But usually I don't see a lot of swing in that. Um, what I see more of is the mortgage insurance that's included in that and the cost of the mortgage insurance is going to get you. So as high as possible, you can get in with a 580 if all the stars align. You can get in, uh, you know, some lenders are saying 680, 620. Um, but the best thing you can do, get that 730, 750 and above. So that way it's easy. The process is easier than asking for as much. Um, and you'll just slide through underwriting as well, which will help out quite a bit. Um, yeah. So that's actually, there isn't a specific number. Actually, it's what your score is and what's going on in the profile. And in some situations, you can get in with a lower score if you have other resources, such as money that, you know, you have a larger down payment, you got money in the bank, uh, you're less of a risk. So they're more likely to lend and may lend with a bit better terms if you can come with money. Um, and then situational as well, if the house has equity, you know, if your house is worth 300,000, the you know, loan's only 250 on it and you have instant equity, that's something that they're going to look at too. So hopefully that answered your question. Great question. We have more questions here as well. Let's see, when making an offer on a home, will it hurt the process? Let me see if I can show that. Perfect. When making an offer on a home, will it hurt the process or prolong the process? Will, will it make an offer less likely to be approved? You have to put something out of pocket. And well, a lot of questions going on in this one. So let's take that in chunks. Tim, you were kind of talking about how you guys help out with the offer. Um, and I think that, let me see, I'm going to get back over here because I think that was a follow-up to her question. So with okay so i think uh correct me if i'm wrong ashley but you're talking about okay if you get a grant or something like that um when you make that offer is that going to affect any of that process i guess we can kind of wrap it up into that yeah as far as time goes it shouldn't you know and that's my job as a real estate agent there's there's a large large amount of people that kind of work throughout the process of from start to finish of the home buying process it's not just me um so my job as an agent is kind of to act as an intermediary between those people um, mm -hmm. and you. So you'll know that you have a good agent if you're kind of always in the loop of what's happening throughout the, like maybe the month that it takes to close on a house. Um, you'll have a good agent if, if they're communicating between, you know, the communication starts, like I said, from step one with the lender. And then if I'm communicating well, and you know, we've got to always kind of be in this constant circle of communication. And so as long as that communication stays good throughout the entire process, and then we continue that even through the title and escrow, escrow phase, um, you shouldn't have anything in it. You know, I guess I don't want to say like you shouldn't have any issues um, because a lot of, you know, there's a lot of moving parts in that. Like I said, there's a lot of people that are in the process so the biggest thing is just communication uh, and keeping that process smooth. Um, but yeah, that's kind Love of that. my, my answer for that. 
And that'll kind of segue into the right way to real estate program. That's what we've been talking about. If you're just joining us, I'm on with Tim Johnson with Realty One Group. And uh, communication's huge. And that's what we've done with the right way to real estate program. We're bringing in the best real estate agents uh, and realtors in your area. We're bringing in the very best lending. So that way you're not hit with surprises. The Credit Life program is all about knowledge. I mean, there's many things that go into the program and the methodology, and we want the very best for you. So we're bringing in the very best. We're not just taking you to your goal, but we're helping you through that goal by getting you in the door, moved into your home and holding your hand and making sure that you know what's going on through the throughout the process because a lot of people have never purchased a home before. Um, Tim, you've probably seen that quite a bit. They don't know anything about the process. And the better communication that you have, the more people that you have on your side going to bat for you, the smoother the process is going to be. Knowing small things such as when you're going through the escrow and title process, they're going to you're going to get pre-approved, right? And then that same week in closing, they're going to pull your credit again to make sure you didn't go nuts or that something didn't pop up. They're going to double check that. And a lot of people don't realize that just having that type of knowledge, don't spend anything, don't do anything, don't breathe during this process, any different than what you normally do. Um, so that's why we have the right way to real estate program. And that's going to help you out through this. Uh, Justin, uh, he asked a question as well. He says, will having a chapter 13 bankruptcy on my credit report affect me getting a mortgage? My middle mortgage score is almost 700. My bankruptcy comes off in December, 2020. Awesome job. So I'm I'm going to jump into uh, bankruptcy uh, because something I like to talk about, it's definitely can and will be held against you. So one thing that you want to do and credit life offers this as a service to our clients, we want to clean up that bankruptcy information. Um, you're discharged. I'm assuming it's going to fall off in 2020. You don't have to wait for it to fall off. You can actually take action on that sooner via investigation letters. You can have them prove it or remove it. And the bureaus don't have the time to do all of that. So many times you can get that off early. Uh, just like in a chapter seven bankruptcy, chapter 13 bankruptcy, that's done. That's over. That shouldn't be held against you. But if you pull your credit report, and I'm sure you've done this, Justin, uh, if you haven't pulled it through smart credit um, and you will find discharge due to chapter seven bankruptcy or some type of language about a chapter 13, you're done. You're done with bankruptcy. You paid back your debts. They can and will hold that against you. So you want to remove that information. Um, to answer your question, will having the chapter 13 bankruptcy on your report affect you getting a mortgage um, with your scores? I don't see that being as a problem. You're discharged. Usually if you're discharged in a couple years out, um, again, I'm not an attorney, but most of the time what I see with clients, if you're discharged, you're a couple years out from what happened in a couple years, you can get um, a mortgage. And with your, uh, yeah, it's been discharged. Absolutely. I respond to that. Um, so yeah, and you said the bankruptcy is six years old. On average, they stay on there for like 10. You're so far out of the woods, you're good. You've got the scores. Um, I'd have a little bit of cleanup just to get some, uh, you know, just to get that off of there. And Justin, if you have questions, reach out to us. We can review your credit report. Um, I don't see you get, having any problem with getting lending. So it might be the time to talk to a lender, um, have them pull your report, uh, see where you're at. They can maybe give you an idea of terms um, or give you an idea of where you fall. And then a lot of times they'll give you like a rapid rescore. Hey, if you want, you know, better terms or something like that, uh, this is the steps we suggest to take. And we walk people through the rapid rescore process all of the time. Um, so great question. Really like that. <laughs> and let's see here. We'll jump into another one. If you have an old broken lease on your credit, will that affect being able to buy a home? Also, how long of employment do you need to have at your current job to be approved? You want to go with that one, Tim? Yeah. Uh, where, where was that? I didn't see it. 
Oh, uh, I didn't pop it up. Let me see here. Oh, I'll, I'll take it. It's all good. Um, <laughs> we got more stuff coming in. So if you have a lease, if you owe money, um, you have to, in many times, no matter what the collection is, they're going to want to usually see around $1,000 max before they'll start making you pay that. So that could definitely affect the process. Also, if you have a lease that was broken, um, you know, depending on the situation, if it shows up as an eviction and how that went through, is that a public record or did you just break the lease, move out early, pay the money and be gone? Um, if it's on your credit, most likely it went to a derogatory type situation. So that's something that's gonna be definitely considered. I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen, but uh, you know, you might wanna get with a credit life coach like myself, bookcoachmark.com, and we can talk about it more in depth. Not knowing all the information, not having the entire credit report kind of limits me on the information I could give. So. Yeah, <laughs> you're going to want to review it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you answer that like perfectly? <laughs> you're welcome, Justin. Let me see here. How many years is a percentage of on-time payments calculated for? For example, my current percentage of on-time payments is 94%. If I pay on time for the next two years, will it go up to 100%? So I'm not sure where you're monitoring your credit, but you are making that way too hard, Vanessa. Um, great question, though. Thank you so much for asking that, and I love spreading the knowledge. And we're kind of transitioning over to the, uh, I guess, the financial wellness side of things. So you want as much on-time payment history as possible. If you have 94%, 93%, the percentage doesn't matter. You want as much as possible. So morally, what I would do is I would go to smartcredit.com backslash credit life, pull your three bureau report, and then look at the sea of green. That sea of green, it's your payment history for years and years and years. Uh, that will give you more of an idea. If you have a late payment here and there, it takes about 14 on-time payments to push back a 30-day late payment far enough to where it's not affecting your score. However, in lending, they do understand these things happen. Many times it can be ex easily explained away, job loss, you know, sickness, something like that. And if you got right back on track, you're probably good to go. The best thing you can do is pull your credit report and review it. Don't worry about the percentage, but look at each and every payment and see when was the last time you went past due. That's gonna be more important, right? If you went past due within the past six months, that's gonna be tougher than if you went past due six years ago. Uh, Alderico brought up a great question. He said, isn't smart credit Vantage? Absolutely. It is Vantage 3.0. I'm not going to get too much into that. We'll probably do that on another live. But when you're in the lower scores, it really doesn't matter. You also, the only way you can get your actual FICO score is by having a lender pull it. So whether you're on FICO, whether you're on Vantage, like let's say you're using your, what is it, your app for your bank or something like that. It'll give you an idea of where you're at, but we don't care about the scores when we're rebuilding as much as we care about what's in the profile. So great question, uh, Elderico, you are right, sir. And let's see, Tim, am I missing anything? Hey, I think you're killing it. <laughs> Thanks, man, I have fun, this is cool. Keep the questions coming, I absolutely love it. Uh, Tim, let me see here. I think there was another question for you. Yeah. Let me see, it was in here somewhere. And all right. I think it was one about grants. Um, I'm missing it here. I think it might have been watch party. I'll check that. Um, what grant? Oh, what grants are available to us? That was the question. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people term it as like a new home buyer grant, but it's not really necessarily like just for a new home buyer, a first time home buyer, first time home buyer grant is kind of. Sorry, I didn't mean new home buyer, but um, first time home buyer uh, grant. Yeah. 
So it's not really necessarily just about them, right? Um, I know for that kind of varies state by state. And I know for here, um, again, I'm, I'm not a, a loan expert, but I did sit down with our lender and, and she was telling me that that threshold is is right around like if you make under, I believe, don't quote me on it, but like around the $90,000 range, you can, if you're below that mark, you can qualify for a grant. Um, so it, it's dependent upon how much you make. Um, I know that that's it's kind of the same thing as if you're applying for a grant to go to college kind of thing. It's dependent on that income. And so there's some other variables that go into it. So it's something to check with your lender for sure if you qualify for it. Um, and I know that it just kind of varies state to state. So. It does. Yeah. And actually, sometimes city to city, uh, Tim and I were talking before we jumped on this live, actually, uh, there's places in Oregon Boardman, uh, I think they have about $5,000 in uh, incentives. So when you close out there, uh, you get up to $5,000 back at closing, which is awesome. Uh, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. So regional uh, area, you know, whether you're in the city, whether you're in the country, that'll affect it, you got farmer type loans. Uh, all types of stuff. So getting in touch with one of the right way to real estate team lenders is a great way to find out kind of where you're at. And if you guys are wondering, uh, the right way to real estate program, I think I forgot to mention, it's open to everybody. You do not have to be a CredLife uh, paid client in order to take advantage of this program, which is really neat. We're here to help everybody find their home. We know there's a lot of you, especially in this group, who are doing this you know, DIY, making it happen at home, which is absolutely killer. So I did want to let you know the right way to real estate is all inclusive for everyone, which is really neat. Uh, let's see here. I saw one. What happened to it? Huh. I'm just bearing on you. Yeah, the, the, the comments move fast, man. <laughs> they move fast. Uh, let's see here. Mallory, she asked, if you receive a grant like the first time home buyers, what is the price range for a home you can choose from? You know, that's a good one. Ooh, that is I don't a know if there is price range. And I, I wonder, Mallory, um, there's different, many different grants. I think when you're saying first time home buyers, you might be talking about the loan. I think she's talking about FHA loans though. I'm, I'm going to assume that Mallory, let me know if I'm wrong. But uh, when, usually when I hear first time home buyers, a lot of people say that um, and they're usually thinking about the FHA loan. So if you're wondering, okay. is there a limit or a range on what you can buy through FHA loan? Um, I believe there is. I'm just not sure what it is. It's a good question though. And I will keep that question follow up for when we have a uh, lender on here too, because that's a great question. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So digging through the comments here. Um, there's a pretty good one for credit that was asked earlier and I probably lost it a little bit, but you know, I wanted to find that. It was good. Um, Mallory. <laughs> yes. FHA. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, we've been doing this a bit. We can almost read minds. It's pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Okay. So <clears throat> I want to jump into, excuse me, I want to jump into a little bit on setting yourself up for financial wellness, right? We've got a killer agent who is ready to help you buy a home. And he said, you know, one of the best things you can do is get pre-approved. I love what he said. Start the conversation, reach out to, you know, a right way to real estate agent. Um, one of our partner agents like Tim and say, Hey, where do I go? Who do I talk to? Cause he, I'm sure he's got lenders that we're going to be adding, uh, to our right way to real estate program, um, as well. So best thing you can do is start the conversation, get your credit right beforehand. Uh, that way you can get to the pre-approval 
easier and that way you just slide through a lot easier. So something that you want to do, I definitely say reach out to us. If you're interested in purchasing a home, I believe it's absolutely bat crackers crazy to not have credit life. If we can save you a half percent, that's thousands upon thousands. You know, I really tell people, let's say you invest, you know, in fixing your credit. And this is for you DIY people too. Spend time and money fixing your credit, investing in your credit. You spend a thousand dollars for three hundred thousand in buying power. 400,000 buying power. I mean, Bo just posted in the group, you know, he got, he, we fixed his credit. He's got a brand new home and two vehicles. I'm guessing that was probably in the 350 K range just by, uh, you know, on the picture with home and vehicles, maybe more. So, you know, he took time to work on his credit with us and now he has a great buying power potential and having a home can create wealth in many ways. Um, Tim kind of talked about that earlier and I want to circle back to that. I noticed <laughs> You know, I've noticed a lot of people who move and, uh, you know, are buying homes. They just have this some wealth. You know, it's not that they're rich. They just seem to have money in it. I wonder where it came from. And I see a lot of times they get a home, sell it in five, six years. They've got an extra 50,000 in equity. They can roll that into the new home and now they have extra money. Sell a home a couple times and now you actually have pretty decent amounts of money. Tim kind of, that's why he kind of got into the real estate game. And we noticed there's a lot of success in that. So it not only is great for your family, but it also can be a great asset in many situations, which is neat. Um, if you want to expand on that, go ahead, man. I'm going to check these comments here. <laughs> yeah. I have to scroll up, man. We're getting them left and right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of financial benefits to home ownership and you know, I challenge everybody to start looking at home ownership in a different light. Um, you know, our classic home ownership, when you hear that word, you think the classic, you know, American dream, I want to own a home and it's going to just, that's where I'm going to live for the rest of my life. Um, start, start to kind of think outside the box, right? How can owning a home help bring in some extra income? And there's lots of ways because we've got tons of new technology coming out. You see apps like Airbnb, you see all sorts of things happening where you can actually cash flow a little bit on your house that you own. Um, something that really interested me yeah, smart. In, uh, in real estate when I first originally started kind of sparking my interest was um, the idea of using home ownership to actually make money. Now, that sounds funny because you're like, well, if I buy a house, I have to pay a mortgage and I have to do these things. And, you know, and I'd like to flip that question around on you. Like, you know, for those of you who are currently renting, you might rent an apartment, but if you rent a house, do you think that the person who's renting to you, the person who owns the house is losing money? Kind of probably not, right? There's a good chance that they're going to be making money. Um, and so part of that idea is being able to find deals um, as far as home ownership goes, we can, we can begin to look at it from a different angle and I can go buy a house with the idea that one, I can live in it, yes, and it's going to support that need of putting a, a roof over my head, but it's also going to support the need of possibly making some income down the road. So when I talk about that, Again, I'm going to kind of circle back to why I'm in real estate. I'm not here to sell somebody a house. I'm not here to say, oh, you got approved to, to buy a house for $300,000. Let's do it. You know, like I want you to be successful in the future. I want you to build wealth. And so let's take a step back and let's set up some of your financial goals. How can we begin to make maybe a little bit of money or 
maybe it doesn't cover your entire mortgage or interest, but maybe you have ways, maybe you buy a house that has an additional section that's cut off from the rest of the house. Maybe you bought a house that has a guest house that's completely separate, or maybe you thought about saving up a little bit more money and going ahead and buying a duplex or something. I know that sounds maybe far out, um, but there are ways to, to invest in real estate at the same time of gaining home ownership. So I can buy a place for myself and my wife to live, but I can also provide a little bit of extra income all while I'm building equity in my own house. I mean, it's a, you know, in, in life, I've always been taught to, to see things and try and find the win, 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 right? Everything's winning. Like I win, you win every, you know, you're giving some a place to, to some, someone a place to rent from you. Uh, maybe you have a spare bedroom and you're Airbnb it out on the weekends. There's plenty of ways to make money off of home ownership. That's just one of the ways. And, and as we continue to exercise the idea of saving some capital, saving some money, and putting it towards an asset, right? So I'm putting it into a home. And a lot of times banks are going to tell you, oh, you have all these assets and your biggest asset is your home, right? Because we, what do, what do we know about historic market trends, right? We have big crashes sometimes. You see 08 happen and things like that. But if you want to zoom out on the picture, where are the price of homes going? They continue to rise. Now they've got small dips in there but we continue to rise. And so when you buy a house, you can almost expect, you can always expect the price to go up. And as long as you own the house and as long as we're well beneath your means, meaning as long as you didn't, you know, max out the amount of house that you can buy and you're just kind of stretching to make those payments, you know, we want to be well within your means and we want to set you up for success in the future. So when you have a crash or a little dip in the market goes, you can still be successful as long as you continue to own that home, right? You know, and that's kind of when people say like buy low and sell high or, you know, you don't want to sell at a low point if you, you know, we want to continue to gain that equity in our house. And so um, there are a lot of ways to do that. We've got, you know, building wealth through home ownership and then not to mention the countless tax deductions that you get. Um, being able to make that income look smaller and smaller and smaller um, and you can pay a lot less taxes just on home ownership. No doubt. Dude, that's awesome. Killer, dude. I love the way you ran with that. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Gabby asked a question, which is awesome. Hey, Gabby Nash, glad to have you here. Thanks so much. Hi, Cheryl. I know you said hi earlier. Uh, she said, hi, Mark. How easy is it to buy a home when you're self-employed? What will be required to show and prove if you uh, own your own business and are right at the two-year mark of being in business? You look like you got to be excited. Did you want to run with that or... Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now, right? Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was on, yeah. as a realtor. I own my own business. Um, Take it away there, Tim. You know, when you're self-employed, you have to have a two years worth of work experience for, for them to look at. And so fortunately, you know, this isn't for everybody in this case, but fortunately, my wife has that. Um, so when we went and got pre-qualified, I actually didn't put any of my, like none of my income went towards the um, purchasing power of what we could buy. So we're, you know, we got pre-qualified purely off of my wife's income just because she has a, a W-2 job. She's been collecting checks here consistently. We show consistent income. Now I do know that on the lending side, if you've like maybe been in school, you know, my, my wife and I are still fairly young. So we had a few years back, you know, yeah, luckily there was a, enough uh, history there, but lenders know that like if you were a student and now you're, you've been working for a year, 
you know, like they understand that you were a student a few years back. And so um, there's, there's variables. It's not all just like cut and dry. Oh, you can't get a loan. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it's that step one of the process of home buying. It's going and starting a dialogue with a lender because lenders are people. They understand, they know things, they can help you out and they're on your side. They want you to get into home ownership. So they're going to find ways and we're going to, they're going to work with you and, and they're going to, yeah, it's, it's Boom. There we go. My job. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Love that. Um, uh, let's see here. So I'm going to add to that too. Gabby, that's a great question. Um, and I'm not an attorney. I always say that I love, you know, this is, but for me personally, what I would do is I'd make sure my business was set up in a way that they didn't want to ask as many questions as they can about it. Self-employed is a huge red flag. It's not negative. It's just saying, oh, you're not a W2 employee. You're going to be considered risky no matter how much you make because you have self-employed attached to you. So I tell people, you know, talk to the right person, attorney, you know, business person, something like that. Make sure your business is set up correctly. But what long story short, what I say, get yourself set up as an employee of your business. So you are collecting a W2 check. So that way, when you're working for Mark Brooks Enterprises, all you have to put on the application is not that you're self-employed. You're just working for Mark Brooks Enterprises. You have a couple of years of W2s. You have your tax return just like that. They usually will poke around quite a bit less, um, especially if it's not a you know sole prop or something like that. If it's not tied to your social security number, if you got a, a corp, S corp, something like that, to where it has the business has its own identity, then they ask less questions. Uh, you know when you're filling that out. So something to think about, and then also setting up your business is super important uh, for lending things like that. We do have a business program if you're looking for that in the future. Uh, most of the time, uh, if, let's say you're going at it right now, I'm not sure how your business is set up, but let's just say, you know, it's ta uh, attached to your social security number instead of like an EIN or tax ID. Uh, they're going to be wanting year bank statements. They're going to be maybe wanting um, uh, business tax returns. Well, I guess if it's under you, they're not going to be looking for the business tax returns. We're looking for your stuff. So they're going to ask a lot more questions. They're going to be diving around a lot more. So be prepared to be prepared to have your banking in order though, because that's going to be super important. If you're uh, banking is not right, you're probably going to be toast. Uh, so definitely get your banking right. But, you know, in the long run, I'm not sure when you're looking to get a house, Gabby, but I would say, you know, maybe look and talk to a business consultant about switching that over if it's not already done. So you're collecting a W-2 paycheck um, from the business because then that will separate the business from you and you're no longer self-employed. You work for such and such company. Yeah. And, and something I'd like to add to that too is in with talking with my lender, the biggest thing man, is just be honest through the whole process because they're, they're, again, they're not there to like hold up your progress in buying a home. They're there to help you. So be honest with them, tell them your situation, tell them what, you know, things that you're worried about, you know, they're going to do the best they can. They're going to be wanting to help you. So um, yeah, that's just something to add to that. Just be hundred percent honest Yep. If they ask you about something, don't like hesitate and maybe think that it might hurt you or it might be bad. It's going to come up at some point in the home buying process. And you don't Everything want to come up through title. all the way at the end when I'm about to give you your keys and say, oh, right. something came up and you actually are not buying this house. Um, it's going to come up. They do their homework. They do all of the research on you. So um, I would when you start that conversation, just be upfront and honest from the very get go, because that's going to clear up any issues you might run into later down in the process as well. And that's so true that, like you said, they're people, 
I'm a person we everybody in the industry or people, their best goal is to get you into home. And setting up the business that way is not so much that it doesn't because they you're gonna know the business. It's easy to find your, you know, filing papers and stuff like that. But when you have your business set up right, that usually just translates to everything else just being easier. It is gonna go through, you know, underwriting, things like that. They're gonna know it's your business, but when it's set up correctly though, it makes it a lot easier. A lot of questions are asked. Oh yeah, she owns a business, but it's a corp. Boom. Boom, boom, done. So yeah, absolutely. Check, check, check. yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It slides through a lot easier. So, um, and then you know, I've I've worked with clients here, especially uh, one who's talked to a lender. She uh, her business does quite a bit of money, and she's set up uh, under herself, and she's she's going to be just fine. You know, she's working on her credit, but the business side of it wasn't anything to get scared about. It wasn't something that she was worried about. But again, her banking was in order. So she's got, yeah, I got all my banking statements, all that stuff, no problem. So when you have everything in order, it just helps it. But, uh, you know, and Gabby, if you want to set up a consult, you know, uh, definitely use the booking link above, bookcoachmark.com, and we can talk it out. Uh, again, you can use the right way to real estate program. We can get you teamed up with awesome people like Tim uh, and lenders who can help you out as well. So, start the conversation. I love that. Let's see here. Welcome, Kevin. Kevin Armstrong just joined. Uh, awesome, awesome family there. Let's see. Can check the Oh, here we go. Uh, Jeanette asked a question. She Oh, awesome. You set up an appointment. Woohoo. Awesome. Uh, she did ask a question. Is rent to own a bad idea? Hmm. Let's give your opinion and then we'll give mine. Absolutely. It depends on the situation. You know, if the owner is carrying the contract, that can be cool. That can help out. You know, um, I know a lot of older people, especially back in the day, um, when they bought their home, so many times it's like an owner carried situation. You can get hosed in a rent to own situation. You can pay a lot more money than you ever should as well. So I would say just make sure to do the re research, you know, make sure to reach out to people like CredLife, uh, talk to people like Tim who know what's going on um, and who really have your best interest at heart. Because if you have someone who can carry a contract, that's awesome. But also there's, there's things that could happen. What if that person passes away, you know, and the family gets the house, you know, what kind of protections do you have? Was your contract written up? correctly. So there's a lot of different variables. So it really depends on the situation because in many cases it can be great. And in those same cases, it can be not so great. Yeah. So a rent to own, a rent to own. Are you talking, is this the same thing as a lease option? Like a lease option to buy? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, uh, Jeanette, if you want to clarify as a lease option to buy, I'm guessing that's, well, there's some subtle differences in those. So right. uh, give us a bit more information and we can dive into that. Uh, great question there. Um, let's see. Had a question over here in the watch party. Can I just pay to get my credit fixed? I tried myself. I'm not doing something right. Absolutely. You certainly can. Uh, if you use my booking link, let me see if I know how to use my software. I'm usually pretty good at this. So I put it in there. Well, it's in the title. If you scroll up bookcoachmark.com, uh, you can find time on the calendar. We'll talk through your situation. Our goal is to kind of see where you're at now, credit-wise, you know, what's on the report. We'll kind of work over that with you. And then we'll look at what is your goal. If your goal is home ownership, we'll help get you there. I will make a custom-tailored plan to get you there faster and easier without the pain and headache of trial and error. And that's what this real estate, uh, right way to real estate is all about, getting you to your goal without the pain and headache of trial and error. Yeah. And let me see. Uh, yes, lease option to buy, Tim. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, like like Mark touched on, it can be great, and it can also be devastating. <laughs> um, as long as, the, as you know, as long as that contract is is written up 
who, whoever owns that house, as long as that contract is written up and you have somebody like, you know, in your corner, who's looking over that contract, like an attorney and things like that, that's a hundred percent needed and necessary because a lot of times a lease option is really, really all for giving you the option to buy a house at the end of some sort of in, anywhere in between some sort of period. Right. So I've seen them drawn up for, you know, you're going to sign a three-year lease and you have the option to buy the house at this set price that you predetermine um, anywhere in between that time period. Right. So you could start leasing it and buy it the next day, or you can start leasing it and buy it right after, right at three years. Anywhere in between there, you have the option. So it's a really great option for if you are over the hump in repairing your credit, right? So you've already been there and you are, maybe you've got a good job, you're starting to get consistent checks, all of that is kind of in place. You just need a little bit more time and history behind you. Um, this can be a really great option for you because it allows you to lease. You, you're acting like a homeowner um, I know it can get drawn up in different ways, but yeah. you know, you're, you're kind of setting yourself up for success. And then by the time that lease is up, hopefully you've got your credit in the right spot and you're able to go and, and buy that house. And so it can be a really good option. And I've, but I've also seen it um, be quite devastating if, you know, a lot of them require a down payment, uh, an option fee. So a lot of them, she had a 2,500 down payment and 895 a month is what she said. Yeah. How much was the down payment? Uh, 2,500 down and 895 a month. Okay. Okay. So yeah. Um, you know, if, if you don't exercise that option, if you didn't get your credit right in that certain amount of lease period, you lose. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, again, it depends on this contract and how it's written up. So it varies Absolutely. In every single situation, but I mean, you can end up losing that option. So you can end up losing that $2,500. Um, but it, yeah, like we said, we touched on the good points. It can be really beneficial, and and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Great answer too. That's something. Th something huge is really it's all on how it's written up. It's on how it's written up, and like like Tim said, you're going to want to get your credit right, or else you could use it or lose it type situation. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Another question, FICO. Let's see. This came from Rachel. I said FICO is high five hundreds after a soft pull from the lender. She provided a nine month when we, but we only have a few. So. Um, what was the nine months there, Rachel? Uh, let me let me know. I type pretty fast, so um, Is that kind of like a timeline, time like time, you time frame that they're thinking. Yeah. When you'd be ready to buy, or is it when you? Well, and then Rachel, yeah, kind of clarify that. But if they're talking about, you know, you're they're thinking, uh, you know, nine months. What is it that they gave you? What are the steps? They may have given you something that they call a rapid rescore. They might have their own term for it, and that's what you want to tackle. Uh, let me see. She said. 14% debt to income ratio, Rachel saying this, moving to destination in three months, wanting to do a VA loan, will have a large chunk of money shortly to pay things down or throw in savings. Lender suggested I have pre-approval. Um, okay, so yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, follow the steps and also we can connect, feel free to connect with me, bookcoachmark.com and we can help you, uh, you know, get that score up faster and easier so you're ready to buy. And I remember that, remember that comment I was looking for and I couldn't find it? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know where it's at. It went to Neverland, nowhere. But someone said uh, something to the degree of, "Should I 
uh, my lender suggested that I just pay off all of my derogatory debt. Um, so we have a different methodology and I'll explain the reason why, and this is kind of in the financial wellness side. If you just go pay off all the debt, you could literally tank your credit score and you could hurt the profile. Uh, let's say a debt is five, six years old, three years old, something like that. When you pay on an old collection, it brings it back to the forefront of the algorithm and it scares the algorithm. It doesn't know what to do. Think of it like this. You run into an ex-spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, in the supermarket after a year, bad breakup. You kind of shake up. You're like, whoa, I didn't expect to see you here. Credit does the same exact thing. Whoa, I didn't expect to see you. You're three years old. You're not really affecting much anymore. And then all of a sudden it comes back. So what you want to do is get that off of the credit report first, then pay or settle. The reason why you want to pay or settle when it's off the credit report is because it could be sold to another collection agency and put right back on. So I would say no, in most cases, do not just go paying off all your debt. You want to be strategic about it because let's say you had you know, a 700 credit score and you're pre-approved or close to pre-approved and you says, go pay everything off and that'll put you over the point where well, you go pay everything off, your credit tanks, and now you have more work to do. So definitely reach out to us when uh, you know they're giving information and we have a lot of tips and tricks and ways and a special methodology that can get you further faster easier yeah. as well um, let's see here Oh, hey, thanks for sharing, Brittany. Brittany Bledsoe tagged one of her friends, I believe, in here. Um, if she's not part of the Free Credit Repair Advice Group, then she may not see that. So um, you may want to invite her to the group so she can see that you tagged her in here. Um, let's see. Oh, well, we are about 56 minutes. How are you doing, Tim? What do you are think? We about the minutes already? I went by fast, man. Feels like, it's, um, feels like it's been the first five minutes. Isn't that crazy? Isn't yeah, that crazy? This is my first uh, Facebook Live, or not Facebook Live, but live. Uh, there you go. Never done for everybody watching. So this is, it's exciting. <laughs> hey, for those watching, which we have a lot of interaction, a lot of great comments, uh, give Tim a thumbs up. Let him know you're here. Give him a thumbs up. Hey. Uh, say hi, um, Tim. It has been awesome having you on here. I'm going to wrap this up. But once again, we are talking about the right way to real estate program. We went over some awesome things with Tim Johnson here with Realty One Group. Uh, he's out of Arizona. He's going to be one of the right way to real estate lend or not lenders, excuse me, realtors that we're going to be working with to help you get to your goal faster. Now, what is that right way to real estate? We're going to do a speedy recap. The right way to real estate program is Credit Life vetted professional life like Tim himself, professionals like Tim himself, uh, they'll help you not only find your dream home by setting you up with the best lending team in your area or real estate team in your area, they'll also help you get the best deal on that home by helping you get the best lending team. And through that team, we're going to work together. We're going to communicate back and forth on your behalf to help make that process as smooth as possible. So the right way to real estate team is available to everyone, whether you're paid credit life uh, client, whether you're part of the group, whether you just heard about us or know about us, everyone can take advantage of this. This is absolutely neat. In some cases and situations, we can get you some amazing incentives back. It just kind of depends on the dynamics of your purchase. So some of those will see money in their pockets when they're walking away from this, which is really neat. But the best thing is you have the education, the tools, the power of us uh, professionals to really help your buying process go as smooth as possible. Tim, any last words, thoughts that you have for him? It's time to call Tim. <laughs> there we go. Uh, if you're out of Arizona, uh, Tim is in Arizona. You're working out of the Peora, Peora area, if I can talk. Yeah, um, I work all over the valley. So, yep. Awesome. Absolutely. That's going to include Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale, Tempe, all, all yeah. that good stuff. Yeah, I like Arizona. So I was like, yeah. 
Awesome. Well, Tim, it's been absolutely awesome having you on here. Once again, anybody who is watching this replay, listening to the podcast, you can find us on our YouTube channels. Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel. Uh, Tim, this is going to be on yours as well. What's your, uh, what do you call it? The handle? How did they find you? Is it AZ Tim? AZ Tim Johnson is on, is on Facebook. There we go. Uh, we'll definitely share that. I'll add that to yeah. the video so you can follow some of his information. Follow us on uh, Credit TV, youtube.com forward slash Credit TV. That's where we'll put this video for viewing after. You'll also find this video in the free credit repair advice group. You can also find this on like Apple Podcasts, basically any podcast uh, you'll find us on here. And it's been awesome rocking with you. If you're watching this video later as well, continue to ask questions. We do monitor that. Um, so continue to ask questions long after we're gone. We'll circle back and answer those. Everyone have an amazing night and it's been awesome having you here. Take care.